Welcome to Reconciling Grace, a program where church leaders discuss various topics from the Bible. During the discussions, there may or may not always be agreement from every panel member on every point, but there is full agreement on the fact that the way to God the Father is through the reconciling grace of Jesus Christ. Welcome to another episode of Reconciling Grace. This is Pete Becky, one of the associate pastors at West Carrollton Church of the Nazarene. Joining me today on the panel is Reverend Vicki Cundiff, who is one of the associate pastors at Countryside Church of the Nazarene in Lebanon, Ohio. Steve Wilson is with us. Steve is a graduate with a master's degree from United Theological Seminary in Dayton. He is a freelance writer and also a computer game programmer. That's something interesting that maybe one day he'll share more with us about. And then Mick Wells is with us. Mick is part of the Wells of Salvation Ministries. He has been since 1980. He is also one of the co-hosts of the Cross Connection radio program. And I'm glad that you all can join us today. I'm going to kind of be leading the discussion today. And I hope you'll all agree with me that it's okay for us to talk about disagreements. Is that agreeable to everybody, to talk about disagreements? I'll agree to that. (laughs) All right. Sounds good. Well, this has been on my heart a lot lately because um, it just seems that in our culture today, there are a lot of disagreements, not just between believers versus non-believers, but even amongst believers. And it spans different topics. It spans theological. It spans... um, different sociological things, and how as Christians are we supposed to deal with disagreements? And that's kind of what I want to look at today. And so to start things off, I want to look at something that Paul told the Philippians in chapter 3 of the book of Philippians. And Vicki, would you read verse 15 for us, please? Let all who are spiritually mature agree on these things. If you disagree on some point, I believe God will make it plain to you. And isn't that just how it always happens? If two Christians believe different things, that they disagree on it, if God just immediately makes you see it exactly the same way, and there is never any kind of church split ever, ever again, right? Is that about how it's always worked? We wish. (laughs) That's not always how it happens, though, is it? I know that Paul was saying this in, in a certain context, and he's trying to say to people, look, pray about it. Look, try to find some common ground. I believe that's what he's trying to say here, and, and understand another person's point of view. Uh, but the truth is that not always are people going to agree on every point. That's because we're all human. We all have lived different lives. We have viewed life and experienced life through different prisms, through different uh Uh, things that have affected us through different personalities, through different people we have known, through different things we have seen other people experience. And as Paul said in another portion of Scripture, now we see as in a mirror dimly. We don't have all the answers, but we're all doing our best. So what I thought I'd do today is start out with one of my favorite passages of the Bible, and it's actually a chapter and a half long. Now, I'm not going to have us read the entire chapter and a half, but I'm going to have us start reading uh, the first several passages, actually, uh, verses from the book of Romans, chapter 14. So I'm just going to start with Steve, and then Mick's going to pick up at verse 5, and then Vicki's going to pick up at verse 9, and then I'm going to have a few um, 
closing verses that aren't necessarily consecutive. So, Steve, why don't you start with Romans 14, verse 1, please? Except the one whose faith is weak, without quarreling over disputable matters. One person's faith allows them to eat everything, but another whose faith is weak eats only vegetables. The one who eats everything must not treat with contempt the one who does not, and the one who does not eat everything must not judge the one who does, for God has accepted them. Who are you to judge someone else's servant? To their own master, servants stand or fall, and they will stand, for the Lord is able to make them stand. One person considers one day more sacred than another. Another considers every day alike. Each of them should be fully convinced in their own mind. Whoever regards one day as special does so to the Lord. Whoever eats meat does so to the Lord, for they give thanks to God. And whoever abstains does so to the Lord and gives thanks to God. For none of us lives for ourselves alone, and none of us dies for ourselves alone. If we live, we live for the Lord, and if we die, we die for the Lord. So whether we live or die, we belong to the Lord. For this very reason, Christ died and returned to life so that he might be the Lord of both the dead and the living. You then, why do you judge your brother or sister? Or why do you treat them with contempt? For we will all stand before God's judgment seat. It is written, As surely as I live, says the Lord, every knee will bow before me, every tongue will acknowledge God. So then, each of us will give an account of ourselves to God. Isn't that some wonderful scripture? I love that passage, and one of the things that I want to point out there is that it's not to ourselves that we stand or fall, it's to God. And it's not up to me, according to those scriptures, to judge my brother or sister, but that person has to answer to God. And it's between that person and God We seem to want to be the experts so often, especially those of us who are in ministry, don't we? Uh, We want to be the ones who have the answers, it seems. Um, that's, That's very difficult for me to try to think of myself as an expert, but just because I am a pastor, people look at me that way. I know Paul's words, as I said before, that that, uh, we see now is in a mirror, or through a mirror dimly. I know that there's so much more I need to learn. One of the things that has been with me for um, many, many years in my Christian walk is the fact that so often Christianity is viewed by many people as a bunch of rules that you don't do this, you don't do that, you don't do this, you don't do that. But here in the next section of, of Romans, just the next several verses, I'm going to read three separate verses. And what it is, it's instructions not on what not to do, but Paul is telling people what to do. And I'm going to be reading uh, Romans chapter 14, verse 13, verse 19, and then chapter 15, verse 7. It goes like this. Therefore, let us stop passing judgment on one another. Instead, make up your mind not to put any stumbling block or obstacle in your brother's way. Let us therefore make every effort to do what leads to peace and to mutual edification. Accept one another then, just as Christ accepted you, in order to bring praise to God. Now, isn't that something that's an encouragement? Something that we can do to encourage people to 
have a positive influence rather than tell people you're wrong, you're wrong, you're wrong. I mean, I'll be honest here. I have gotten involved in Facebook for so many years now that uh, I used to think that that was the place that you're going to convince somebody else to think differently. I have long ago learned that that's not the case. I'm not going to convince anybody to look at something or think differently. And so I have really, really tried not to get into debates. I just try to say, I want to proclaim the word of the Lord. I want to be a Christian. I want to respect people. So um, what I want to look at here is that there are sometimes, though, disagreements. Some of the things that it said in, in these verses, one person considers it okay to eat meat, others only eat vegetables. Another thing it said here in, in one of the passages that we read in Romans 14 is one person considers one day better than another day. Everybody, another person considers every day the same. But God is saying, just be convinced in your own mind. Actually, it's Paul who's saying that, but that's he's giving us God's attitude is, is saying, be convinced in your own mind. It's between you and God. Don't try to judge another person based on that. Accept the other person. Love the other person. And don't put a stumbling block in that person's way. We want to live in love, not in telling everybody how to live. But in spite of all that, I believe that Paul knows that there are disagreements in this world. Vicki, would you read this disagreement that actually is recorded in the Bible between two very prolific Christians? It's in Acts chapter 15, starting at verse 36. After some time, Paul said to Barnabas, let's go back and visit each city where we previously preached the word of the Lord to see how the new believers are doing. Barnabas agreed and wanted to take along John Mark, but Paul disagreed strongly since John Mark had deserted them in Pamphylia and had not continued with them in the work. Their disagreement was so sharp that they separated. How about that? Can you imagine such a sharp disagreement between any two Christians that they would separate? Can you say church split? <laughs> That's what it reminds me of. How many churches have split over the years because of little things? And here we have two of the great saints of the faith early on in the church, Paul and Barnabas. I remember what Barnabas means. Do you remember, Steve, what Barnabas means? Son of encouragement. And the son of encouragement couldn't encourage Paul enough, but he was trying to encourage John, John Mark, um, to go along probably in the ministry. And Paul probably says, no way, he deserted us before. I'm not going to bring that guy along. Paul was being practical. And Barnabas was being encouraging, and the two just could not see eye to eye. You know, I think that is an example. Well, you know, Paul's a human. <laughs> we see his humanity here, don't we? Mm -hmm. um, that he's still working and being a work in progress by the Lord. But, you know, sometimes our opinions, or often our opinions, are based on our environment, how we were, and we, we come to know Christ, and he starts changing us. And start showing us things, and I, and I think that he was still working on Paul in that sense, because sometimes there's just things within us that God is still trying to change, and he's going to do that through the circumstances of our life. And something pops up, and then we can reevaluate our feelings for something, and then he can begin to change us and work in our hearts. And one of the things that um, I see in that passage is that each one of them was probably at least partially right, because 
Paul probably had his sights set on the mission and how to make the mission successful. Mm -hmm. Barnabas, the son of encouragement, probably had his sights on his relative John, John Mark, and this poor guy failed before, and I want to give him a second chance to help him develop. Mm -hmm. You know, another thing that brings me some uh, comfort and edification from this is recognizing that God's in control. And if you peel this back, you see that rather than going as a threesome, the gospel was spread to some other place. God used the disagreement mm -hmm. to actually reach different communities of people, and I and I was thinking there are probably other things in history. The entire Protestant Reformation was a disagreement on a large scale, but look at the dividends that have uh, sprung from that disagreement. So I, I think you're seeing God in action in terms of all things working together for the good of those who believe, exactly. all according to his purpose. Exactly, and and that's kind of where I was going to go with that. So, Mick, you, you, you just kind of anticipated that, which hopefully is confirmation that we were on the same page I there. So. Uh, because that's exactly what happened. God used that situation. Now, does this mean that he wanted there to be a disagreement? No, but God takes what isn't perfect, and he still uses it. And speaking of not perfect, it's not perfect that we have to take a break in the middle of every one of our episodes, but we do need to take a break for our sponsor, so let's do that right now. This is Pete Vecchi back with you as our panel discusses today on Reconciling Grace the idea of disagreements. And so far, we've been pretty agreeable here. I think that we've been uh, realizing that people can have disagreements. And I'm going to kind of take this in a different direction right now because there are different um, ideas in the faith, in the Christian faith, as to what is okay to disagree on and what is not okay to disagree on. And as I was saying before we started um, our program today, as, as we were kind of discussing amongst ourselves what, they're, uh, what we were going to talk about, I was saying of the people in this studio today, if I were to list about 30 or 40 or 50 different types of things that were uh, faith-based in our lives and say, what do you think about this of the people in this room, there's four of us in this room, we would probably not get the exact same list out of all four answers. And that's because different people um, have different views of, of what it means to glorify God, and that doesn't always mean they're wrong. But what I have noticed is the further removed we get from the historic Jesus, in other words, time, time frame-wise, you know, we are in the year 2018 as we record this, and so in essence, we've been away from Jesus about 2,000 years from the time he walked this earth. Of course, hopefully we're not really away from Jesus. I hope you understand how I meant that. But it seems like the, the longer amount of time that passes from uh, that first century when Jesus walked this earth as a human being, as the God-man, we tend as human beings to complicate things. And as an example, I want to talk about just very quickly the fact that many Christian denominations believe in what we call the historic creeds of the church. You know, there's the Apostles' Creed. 
that um, I'm not going to try to recite the whole thing now, but that is the pretty much the simplest one of the of the traditional creeds of the church. But then, Steve, do you remember about how many years passed between the Apostles' Creed and the next one, which is the Nicene Creed? I don't know if you remember. I don't mean to put you on the spot. I don't remember when the Apostles' Creed was kind of codified. Um, so, no. Well, that, I mean, it was probably at least 100 years or more. I can't remember the exact number of years. I'm sorry I didn't look that up. But the Nicene Creed came next from the, the Council at Nicaea. And what it basically did is it took the Apostles' Creed and expanded on it. It made it a little bit more complicated, zeroing in on certain areas. Well, you know what? People might get the wrong idea from this line in the Apostles' Creed, so we might need to expand on it. And then after that came what is known as the Athanasian Creed. I used to call it the Anesthesian Creed because <laughs> it is so long. I, I printed it out here for our notes, and it came out to three full pages. And at the end of it, it says, the very last line of it says that this is the Catholic faith, Catholic meaning universal. This is the Catholic faith. One cannot be saved without believing it firmly and faithfully. I'm thinking, I can't even remember what it all says. How can I believe it faithfully and firmly? Um, now, there is nothing in that creed specifically that I've read that I disagree with necessarily, but not everybody is going to remember all those things and all those points and maybe not believe in them the exact same way. And so what I'm looking at is saying that the further we get away from that historic Jesus, the more we tend to complicate things, and then we get into all kinds of differences, different denominations, different uh, sub-denominations, if you want to call them that, because how many different Methodist churches are there somewhere? I'm not trying to pick on the Methodists, but I'm just talking about the fact that there is the Free Methodist Church, there's the United Methodist Church, there's, um, I can't remember all the other ones, but look at all the Baptist churches. There's the Southern Baptist Church, there's the, the Free Will Baptist Church. I, I'm not even going to try to get into all of them. The Lutheran Church has the Lutheran Church Missouri Synod, there's the Wisconsin Synod, there's the uh, AELC, which is the, uh, uh, I think it's the American Lutheran Evangelical Church or something. I can't remember all the different things, but there's, there's sets and subsets and subsets, and each one of them is a little bit different. And I thought we're supposed to be one body of Christ. And I know that, Steve, you had said something along the lines of wanting to talk about unity. Is this a good place for you to bring that up? Sure. So we want to be true to the faith. We want to interpret the Bible correctly. And a lot of those creeds, a lot of denominations split because they say, whoa, 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 someone's got the wrong idea here. Let's clarify. Or they'll say, well, my church isn't being faithful to what the Bible really says, so I have to uphold truth and split away from them and restore the historic faith. Um, you know, but the thing is, and I, I've kind of, really zeroed in on this uh, the last couple of years in my own faith. As Jesus said, they'll know you by your love, not they'll know you by your truth, they'll know you by your doctrinal purity. And um, now, so really, I've kind of taken a stance, well, I'm, I'm never going to agree 100% with any church. I'm not going to agree 100% with any pastor because as a person, as an individual, I'm always going to see things slightly differently. Well, that doesn't mean that I have to leave my church or start my own church. That means maybe I need to humble myself mm -hmm. and say, you know what, I, I don't need to be right. I need to love. 
doesn't that kind of go back then to what Paul was saying in, in Romans 14 about um, to, to his or her own master, each person will stand or fall? Because as you need to follow your conscience, as the Holy Spirit lives within you, the Holy Spirit lives within me, the Holy Spirit lives within Vicki, the Holy Spirit lives within Mick, and we might all see things a little bit differently, and we need to be able to say, yes, as Steve said, humble yourself. Um, and you know what really gets uh, the truth out to me here is the fact that there might be an issue at a church. There might be an issue within a denomination. And God could be literally telling one person, it's time for you to humble yourself and stay there and try to work through this. God could be telling another person in the very same congregation, it's time for you to move out of this congregation and do something else and go somewhere. And we find it so difficult in our in our life of wanting to have the right rules, wanting to have everything the same for everybody, to think that God can be telling two different people two different things and both of them be right. Has anybody ever experienced that before? That was a tough question. I got a lot of silence there. <laughs> well, I know I have. Because, I mean, I've been in the situation, Steve, like, for instance, you mentioned it before. I've been in the situation where... I've, I've stayed in a church where things were not exactly how I felt that they needed to be, but the Lord led me to stay there. I've also been in a church where the Lord showed me it's time to leave and do something else. There'd be different reasons. It could be because my family needed something else, or it could be because if you stay within this situation, you can help work through these things, or you can even be humbled and learn some things. So that kind of stuff happens to, to everybody. And uh, different denominations have different beliefs. Uh, last week it was, in fact, we were talking about uh, Holy Communion. And um, one of the stories that I didn't get to share was, and this kind of takes off from where, Vicki, you were leading the discussion on um, eating and drinking of the, the bread and the wine of the communion um, unworthily. And I have been in situations in my life where... As a believer in Christ, and there's no question in my, in my heart that I am a believer in Christ, but because I was not part of a particular denomination, that I was denied the ability to take communion because I was not part of that particular denomination. And they felt that by letting me take communion, I would be doing so in an unworthy manner because I was not part of that particular denomination. And... Steve, I love what you said about unity, because it's about loving people, because that's what Jesus told us to do, to love one another. It's not always to be exactly right. Now, that doesn't mean that I should ignore anything that I am in disagreement with. I need to stand the way God wants me to stand and do what he wants me to do. Now, I didn't know if I was going to get into this, but... One of the things that I had said before this uh, program started is one of the things that's really been on my heart lately has been especially um, something that's been going on in our nation more and more as these years pass by. It's, it's always happened. It's always been the case, but it seems to be becoming more and more acute. But that is the idea of political differences. Now, I am not asking anybody here to state their political views. I'm not going to try to say one person's view is better than another, but here's what I want to get at is, 
it seems that I have more and more often looked at people who might be politically far left and compared them with people who are politically far right, and yet at the same time, these same people who are so far apart politically profess faith in Jesus Christ. Yet these political divides are keeping people from respecting one another, are keeping people from loving one another, and are dividing this nation. And we need to make sure that these kind of things don't separate us. We need to make sure that we have enough respect for somebody who might look at one issue in a different way than, than, um, than we do. And I'm not going to get into the issue, but I'm thinking about one specific issue in my life right now where I viewed one issue basically 100% different when I was about 19 years old, 20 years old, when I was a young Christian than I do now. And it's a political issue. But what happened was the more that I learned, the more that I matured in my faith, uh, the more that I studied it, the more I realized that it was a different way that I needed to look at things. Yet what really challenged me was the fact that that didn't mean that I was not a Christian when I was like 19 years old or 20 years old. It meant that I had a different understanding. The Lord loved me just as much then. I loved the Lord just as much then. I just had a different viewpoint. And I'm just getting to the point where I, I am concerned for our church. When I'm saying church, I mean the church universal. If we're letting those kinds of things get in the way of our love for one another and the fact that we are one body of Christ. There, I have gotten off onto that soapbox. I don't know if there's anything anybody else wants to say. Everybody's kind of looking at me with, I don't know if somebody wants to add on to there or not. Well, I, th I think the topic you're talking about there is the effect of disagreements over politics. And I would say that the problem isn't limited to Christian circles. It's, it's broken up friendships. It's broken up marriages. It causes all kinds of dissension. You can't meet with friends for lunch and talk about it without getting in uh, a verbal altercation, it, it seems. But I think the importance there is that when Christians are involved, are they responding to each other in a manner that uh, Christ would, would approve of? And it is a, an area that needs some attention and a, and a lot of prayer. But how you're handling disagreements where it's evident to the world at large, even unbelievers, has an impact on what they think of God. I mean, how I've, you're representing mm -hmm. Christ. I've heard the statement before that we need to agree to disagree. Sometimes that's all we can do. We can still love that other person even though we disagree with them. We can still respect that person if we disagree with them. You know, stay away from the name calling. Yeah. Stay away from the personal attacks. You know, I can, I can have a 180-degree difference in viewpoint from somebody else politically, but if they profess Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior, they are my brother or sister in Christ. Well, you know, it still goes back to love and obeying the great command uh, to love God and to love people. Um, but it's getting almost time to close, and I just want to go back to verse 4 of chapter 14. It said, Who are you to judge someone else's servant? To their own master, servants stand or fall, and they will stand, for the Lord is able to make them stand the truth is, is we're not the Holy Spirit. Absolutely. We are not supposed to be in the business of judging other people. That plainly tells us, who are you to judge God's servant? You know, and so we really need to look at it that way. 
And one of the things, and I just have a, a couple of moments left here, the the first verse of that passage talks about not passing judgment on disputable matters. Well, some people might say, well, what's disputable and what's not? Well, might I just say that if it gets disputed, it's disputable. <laughs> so, you know, that's just something that, that we need to keep in mind. And it is getting time for us to be signing off for today. And so I hope that this has been an edifying discussion, and I hope that we all, all agree on that. So for Steve Wilson, for Mick Wells, and for Vicki Cundiff, this is Pete Vecchi thanking you for joining us for another episode of Reconciling Grace. May the Holy Spirit guide you, and may he bless you in all you do. This has been Reconciling Grace. Join us again next time as our panel discusses biblical truths centered around the reconciling grace of Jesus Christ.